Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. Season 4, just episode 2 here, and today I'm going to talk about win-losses for the Hawkeyes in this 2023. I'm going to give my predictions. I'm only going to go through the first half of the season, first six games, and I'm going to pick a winner, a loser, and what I predict the score to be as well. Not an easy thing to do, of course, but but it's always fun to do that this time of year. And also want to mention today, the Hawkeyes continue to crush it on the recruiting trail. They picked up their 20th commitment for the 2024 class in Chima Cheneke, a big 6'5", 230-pound defensive end out of Texas. And I believe that was the fourth defensive end the Hawkeyes have picked up in this class. Of course, some of those guys could move around a little bit as they continue to grow and develop. But the Hawkeyes are, are losing some good defensive linemen over the next couple of years, so it's really great to see them filling that position group back up, and Kelvin Bell does such a great job with that defensive line. But the Hawkeyes have just been crushing it on the recruiting trail. Now they can kind of have the luxury of sitting back and really focusing more on football than recruiting. And then, you know, they'll probably need a few more guys to fill out some some holes that they'll have in their roster after maybe some attrition with the transfer portal uh, later in the year, things like that. But this gives them the opportunity to say, okay, we've got our 20 guys. Now let's kind of look at where some of our other needs are as they go through the season. So that was great news to kick off this Wednesday. And what a crazy landscape of college football it is these days, just realignments of conferences. Talked about this probably too much, but NIL, transfer portal, and now hazing with Fitzgerald. And and it's hard to believe that Fitzy has done at Northwestern. Uh, but Iowa just seems to be navigating the waters really well. And a lot of people doubted that with Kirk Ferentz at the helm. Now, this is year 25. I find that hard to believe. I mean, 25 years as head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Quarter of a century, if you can believe that. And Kirk's in his upper 60s. But seems to be going strong. He just really seems to have a little extra pep in his step these days. And I really think he wants to coach another three to five years. He doesn't golf. He doesn't fish. doesn't have too many other hobbies other than football and, and family and playing with the grandkids, that sort of thing. So the way things are looking right now, I'll be happy to have him around a few more years with the adjustments that were made for the 2024 season, mostly in the transfer portal, not many guys are leaving Iowa, and they, they did have some guys leave for various reasons, and and there was maybe a surprise or two in there, but but overall, you know, the Hawkeyes really improved themselves in the transfer portal this year, and then twenty commitments, as I mentioned, in the twenty twenty four class already, class it's almost done, so really exciting, and you know, just did not really expect this coaching staff to be crushing it on the transfer portal like they did in 2024. And I think every year is just going to be different depending on what their needs are. They saw a lot of needs on the offensive side of the ball, and they went and got some guys. They had a couple of, of big needs, and they had one big home run on the defensive side at linebacker as well with Nick Jackson. So, well, I, I also want to kick it off here just with a little bit of NIL talk. You know, congratulations and, and thank you to Brad Heinrichs. He's the mastermind behind the Swarm Collective and it's been kind of a tough go getting Hawkeye fans on board with donating money that are going to go to the athletes. And it's just such a different thing. We're, we're not, not accustomed to it. And I think people have just been kind of sitting back and, 
and wanting to see how this went. But gradually, it, it really is working. And really why I wanted to bring this up is just the innovation of the Swarm Collective of partnering with the Exile Brewing Company to create the Swarm Beer with 20% of the proceeds going to the Swarm Collective. And in less than one month of having this product, the Swarm has generated $30,000 from beer sales. And I, I haven't had it, but people say it's, it's a tasty beverage and, and definitely will try it out next time I'm in Iowa. But you look at that $30,000 the Swarm beer brought in in just a partial month, the first month it came out, I continue to see positive reviews on social media. Think of a home football weekend, you know, in the future basketball games as well, home weekend. And how much money on a home football weekend with, with fans showing up at Hy-Vee or Casey's or Come and Go, picking up their Swarm beer, heading out to tailgate, going to the game. Sounds like they're going to be selling Swarm beer at the games at Schmick Stadium as well. They could really generate a lot of money for the Swarm Collective. So really just an innovative idea, a great job by Brad and his team at the Swarm Collective. And now... Coming next is Swarm Vodka, and apparently 25% of the proceeds of Swarm Vodka is going to go to the collective, uh, more than more than beer, which is a 20%. So, you know, poor Hawkeye Vodka, though. They, they were number one in the state of Iowa for so many years until Tito's came along several years ago and, and, and took first place, I believe. But now Swarm Vodka will be coming in. With every purchase, fans know that they're helping their team as far as helping to fund that Swarm Collective. And, you know, you think about Iowa's Swarm Collective, and those players are out there doing good things for the community. That's one of the things I really like about it. They're out there working with kids. They're donating their time for worthy causes and, and, and then making some money as well. And they're out there entertaining us. And they put in a lot of work. I know they used to do that without getting paid, and, and they have a lot of benefits these days being Division One players. But I, for one, really want the Hawkeyes to be competing at a really high level. So if I, NIL is the name of the game, then I'm supportive of it very much so. Well, let's go ahead and get to the game-by-game -game predictions now. And, you know, it's always tough picking wins and losses. I obviously have a bias towards the Hawkeyes. I really, you know, start getting excited with the different players. I know last year I, I think I picked 10 wins. I did not expect the offense to be near as poor as it was, you know, the final years of the program for Petrus and Padilla. Padilla, of course, transferred out. Petrus is, is helping the team in, in a coaching capacity this year. I believe he's still on, on scholarship, though. That's kind of unusual but you know really just a rough year offensively the defense was good the special teams were good I don't want to rehash any of that but I mean we're talking about as bad as I can remember for an offense for the Hawkeyes since maybe Kirk Ferentz's first year in the program maybe 2012 I guess that was a really rough season as well and yeah, I guess 2012 really would be a, a pretty good comparison, and that team only went 4-8, and eight, I believe. But now, with Cade McNamara coming in, I'm about as pumped up as I've been for a quarterback probably since maybe year three or year four of Nate Stanley. You know, I kept thinking he was going to just elevate to a, a 
really high level, and he was always a solid quarterback. I don't know if he lived up to quite to my lofty expectations as a senior, um, but overall, you know, he, he was a really good quarterback. And Cade McNamara is not a Nate Stanley or, or a Petrus type of player. He doesn't have that frame. He's much more mobile. He's a smaller guy, not as long as either of those guys. He's more of a C.J. Beathard as far as frame, maybe even a little bit shorter at just 6'1", around 205 pounds. But having a, a more mobile quarterback will help be able to escape pressure. You know, let's hope the offensive line is much better in 2024 has to be better in 2024. I mean, it has to be better by leaps and bounds. It was so bad in 2023. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about McNamara when he was starting quarterback or or quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines. You know, in, in, in 2021, he took that team to new heights, and he was the number one football prospect in Nevada coming out of high school. And he originally committed to Notre Dame, so he was just a huge prospect. Out of high school, he had offers from Alabama, Georgia, USC, etc. And ended up going to Michigan, where he was an early enrollee in January of 2019. And just I note that just because that gave him another spring of college football experience when you look at the time that he has spent as a Cleveland quarterback. And Kay didn't play in 2019, his true, true freshman season. He finally got some meaningful time in 2020 when Michigan was trailing Wisconsin 35-3. to If you recall, this was when Harbaugh was really getting on the hot seat. He couldn't beat the Buckeyes, seemed to falter a lot in big games. And Cade threw a touchdown in his first game off the bench, but where he really showed off what he could offer at the quarterback position was against Rutgers the following week. When he came off the bench again, the Wolverines were trailing, if you can believe this, Rutgers 17 to nothing, and Cade led Michigan to a triple overtime win. And he completed 27 of 36 passes, four touchdowns in that game. And then he started the whole 2021 season, which was the season that Harbaugh and the Wolverines really turned the corner, beating Ohio State, winning the Big Ten, and the victory over the Hawkeyes in Indianapolis, and then a 34 to 11 loss to the national champions, Georgia and the Orange Bowl, and the championship semifinals. And with that success in 2021, how did he end up in Iowa in 2023? Well, last year, he was replaced as starter in Game 2 by J.J. McCarthy, and then he blew out his knee in Game 3 when he came in for some playing time, and I believe it was an ACL injury in that game, and and then he hit the transfer portal after J.J. McCarthy really had a, a, a superb season last year leading the Wolverines offense. So he comes to Iowa motivated to win, wanting to prove himself, and with two years of eligibility, and hopefully with a trip this season to Indianapolis, representing the Big Ten West against either his former team, Michigan Wolverines, or the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, other than improved quarterback play, how do the Hawkeyes get to Indianapolis in the 2023 season? And It all starts with the offensive line, and young guys were thrown into action too early, I guess, the last couple of years, but I think they're taking big steps forward. Coaching of George Barnett, he's a guy with 20 years coaching offensive lines. Brian Ferentz, the former offensive lineman, center at Iowa, offensive line coach, and, and head coach Kirk Ferentz is an offensive line guru. And I think these guys are going to make it happen and now have guys who are experienced, um, 
They brought in a couple of players to bolster the depth of interior lineman Rusty Theft, 6'3", 310-pound road grader. He, start, he started 34 games at Miami of Ohio, so a lot of Division One experience, both guard and center. He was second team all-conference last season, and he's going to really fit in well at Iowa. He's earned academic honors, and he's going to be a great mentor to the young players. On the outside, Dejon Parker is the addition. He's a 6'5", 315-pounder, played four years at Saginaw Valley State before entering the transfer portal. So he's learning to adjust to a little bit different speed, a different level of physicality at, at Iowa and in the Big Ten. And just one season of eligibility for him. He had committed to Virginia before the Hawkeyes came calling when he flipped to Iowa. And he's slated to be the right tackle for the Hawkeyes, at least compete for time there. Supposedly taking some snaps at left tackle as well. Of course, they like to have guys that can play multiple positions if needed. Unfortunately, he was injured in the spring, but I do expect him to get a lot of playing time at that right tackle position this fall. Jack Blum graduated. Really, the Hawkeyes have struggled on the right side, you know, getting real consistent play and being able to protect the quarterback. Really, Nick Young's getting some some rotation in that, that right tackle slot as well. But they need an athletic player on the outside. And I feel really good on the left side of the line with Mason Richmond, Connor Colby with the experience those guys have now. Logan Jones at center is a beast athletically and in the weight room. He just got thrown in too early last year. The timing was off. Um, he just had a lot going on, a lot to learn in that first year at center. And I think he's going to be another stud at the center position for the Hawkeyes before it's all said and done. So those are really the keys this season. Offensive line play and quarterback play. And, and just improvement significantly in, in both those categories. There's some weapons at running back that the Hawkeyes have. They have some weapons on the outside of wide receiver if they can only stay healthy this year. And a couple of great tight ends. And Iowa's schedule really favors the Hawkeyes. Four away Big Ten games, none of those being at Ohio State or at Michigan. Five home Big Ten games, still no Michigan or Ohio State on that list either. And it is really set up for the Hawkeyes to win some games in 2023. Game one should be a chance to get this team going against a Utah State team. The Mountain West, the second-year coach, they were six and seven last season. No impressive wins on the schedule, and you know I picked the Hawkeyes to win this one, 31 to 10. A late touchdown by Utah State with the reserves in the game to give something for Phil Parker to, to scowl about as they're heading into Game Two. But he is going to be ready to go anyway because next up is always a big game. It's the in-state rivalry, the Hawkeyes. Horrendous offense last year gave up what should have been an easy win against the Cyclones in Kinnick Stadium. Um, turnovers you know, were a big part of that as well. And Boy, I, I didn't know if I was going to make it back to Kinnick last year after seeing the two games that I saw. I ended up coming back for the game against Northwestern. The Wildcats were so bad, I thought the Hawkeyes could get a win there. And... So only three times I went last year, probably the, the lowest number in the last 25 years. But this year, the competition for the Cyhawk Trophy will take place in Ames, a community known for its tasty water. And you know, let's not forget, the Cyclones were worse than the Hawkeyes last year. And you know, 
Matt Campbell in season seven at Iowa State was one and eight in the Big Twelve Conference, four and eight overall. And season eight as head coach doesn't seem like it's going to be that much better for Campbell. Rumors, rumors are swirling around quarterback Hunter Deckers and whether he's going to be eligible to play at least for the start of the season. Iowa State has a redshirt freshman and a true freshman quarterback on the roster. They went and got a JUCO transfer portal quarterback late. Supposedly, when they found out about Decker's situation, and you know that's just all alleged right now, rumors. But that's what their fans seem to think is going on, and they lost some really good players as well off last year's team. But a really good, tall, rangy wide receiver, as a defensive lineman, it was their first first round draft pick. The cycle he's had in the last fifty years is just amazing. If they hadn't had a first round draft pick and had that long of a drought but so crazy things can happen in these type of this type of rivalry but this one go to the Hawkeyes 24 to 9 in Ames the Hawkeyes keep the Cyclones offense out of the end zone in this game and I even predict Iowa State coming into this game 0-1 after a loss to Northern Iowa something we've seen happen quite a bit in the past as well Next up is Western Michigan of the Mid-American Conference. The Broncos, formerly the Hilltoppers, they were coached from, by P.J. Fleck from 2013 to 2016. and They were probably happy to see all of his oddball phrases leave about rowing boats and, and oars in the water and, and, and bringing that over to Minnesota. But Western Michigan is going to have a new coach this year after the firing of Tim Lester after a 5-7 and seven campaign in 2022. They hired Lance Taylor to be the head coach, and I like the hire. He was an offensive coordinator at Louisville. He's coached at Notre Dame. But the turnaround won't come fast enough to be any kind of competitive threat for the Hawkeyes. And offensively, Western Michigan was really bad in 2022, and I picked the Hawkeyes to win this one 34-13. Well, the Big Ten season kicks off next. Quite a scene with Iowa at Penn State in a night game, 7.30 in Happy Valley. 6.30 Central Time, at white out. And Penn State is good. As much as I can't stand James Franklin, head coach for the Nittany Lions, he's going into season 10. Kind of hard to believe. And, and also hard to believe. He's now the, the longest tenured coach in the Big Ten after Kirk Ferentz, with Pat Fitzgerald no longer being with Northwestern. Now, I don't think the Hawkeyes are going to leave Beaver Stadium victorious. You know, the only losses to Penn State last year were Michigan and Ohio State. They came out with a win in the Rose Bowl. They have a lot of guys returning on that roster. I think it'll be a close game, but this is the first game where I think the offense has some issues against that really solid Penn State defense. And the Hawkeyes dropped three and one, losing twenty-three to sixteen. Well, next, the Hawkeyes will face the Michigan State Spartans. Kinnick Stadium, and Mel Tucker, the $100 million man. His contract, I guess, was only really $95 million after having one good season leading the Spartans. They were 11-2 in 2021, then dropped 5-7 and seven last year after signing his big contracts. Really puzzling games in 2022, losing big to Minnesota, losing to Indiana. They did beat Illinois, but I just can't see the Hawkeyes losing this game at home. Iowa wins 27-14. to 14. Next up, it's Purdue. 
they come to town after the Spartans, so it's back-to-back home games for the Hawkeyes. And Purdue has a new coach. And these games have been perplexing against Purdue over the last several years. And, and I really enjoyed Iowa beating Jeff Brom and the Boilermakers last year after he had the Hawkeyes number so many times. But Brom, Brom has moved on to his alma mater, the Louisville Cardinals, and the new coach is Ryan Walters. And he was defensive coordinator at Illinois for a couple of years, just 37 years old. And he will not have the Hawkeyes number like Brom did. And he's a good defensive mind. He was also defensive coordinator at Mizzou. And I expect them to get better defensively. Uh, it will be interesting to see the offense as well. Graham Harrell has joined the staff as the offensive coordinator. He was at West Virginia previously as offensive coordinator. He spent a few years at USC, and he has had some really good offensive teams. So it's going to be interesting to see this Purdue team in a couple of years. But year one at Purdue, I am picking the Hawkeyes at home, winning 28-17. to 17. Well, I'm going to stop here for now, and next time I'm going to go over the last half of the season, which will be obviously much more difficult, all Big Ten games, some more big rivalries, a couple of them on the road in Nebraska and Wisconsin. Minnesota will be at home. But if I look at my predictions for the first half of the season, I think most fans would be okay with that. 5-1, and one, a road victory at Iowa State, the only loss being on the road at Penn State. So... I'm hoping that, that that is what happens this coming season. An upset at Happy Valley would just be amazing. But football season is coming really fast. It's going to be here before we know it. So I can't wait. I can't wait to, to get out to Kinnick over Labor Day weekend and, and spend time with the fans and, and mingle and, and just have a good time. It's always the best time of the year for me. So until next time, go Hawks! Go Hawks!